0: and welcome back to Pucks and Pages.
1: My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife as always, Liberty.
0: We're a married couple with different interests and we try to bring each other into our hobbies by discussing the latest news in both books and sports.
1: Today is the sports episode back after far too long gone.
0: I could have had a longer break. (laughs) It was nice. We went down to Austin, we fed some capybaras.
1: Which was pretty cool. I sadly didn't have quite as long of a break as you did because I still had to work nine days in a row,
0: but... That was fun. Yeah. But in the meantime, the biggest thing that has happened in the sports world, in my opinion, is that the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup for the second time in a row.
1: Yeah, I was going to arguably say whatever happened at the Euros or maybe like Copa America's Cup, like the one down in South America maybe, because that's pretty big in the world too.
0: Well, I haven't heard of it, so...
1: Well, you've heard of Euros. You've been freaking picking winners all all month long. I haven't heard
0: of the second one you were talking about. (laughs) Gotcha. But a lot of people are putting an asterisk on this one going, well, did you win the Stanley Cup two times in a row or were there certain extenuating circumstances each year?
1: So it's definitely a weird way to win back-to-back cups because, like, you won during the shortened pandemic season, which...
0: Well, and it had that play-in, and it had a whole, like, restructuring of how the cup worked.
1: Right, and as well, you were also overcapped that season as well. Or overcapped this season. By a lot.
0: So, like, did you win? Right. I feel like it should always be said with an asterisk, like, it's not the same way that the Pittsburgh Penguins won back-to-back.
1: To clarify, the second season, you guys were over cap as well, but by, like, fractions in comparison to what happened this year. I mean,
0: being a little over cap is very different from being this much. Yeah. So I feel like, I don't know, not comparing the same thing.
1: I I really want the rule that gets created to stop this from happening called the Kucherov rule, because, like, he, every season, the last two seasons, has abused the long-term IR in order to magically be better Mm -hmm. come playoff time, and it's like... Come
0: on. But also during our break, it was announced by Jonathan Taves that he plans on returning for the Blackhawks next season after missing the previous one, thanks to what has been called a chronic immune response syndrome. He announced on December 29th of 2020 that he was taking a medical leave of absence, citing symptoms that were leaving him feeling drained and lethargic, but at the time, we didn't really know what was going on.
1: Yeah, it's definitely was a messy experience and like I kind of get why he held it close to his chest because I don't feel like most people would understand it well enough to be like oh okay
0: well like especially people who are in that world I feel like they'd be like suck it up man I played with a broken whatever yeah and so like for him it was like anytime his heart rate got elevated there was any kind of stress on his body his body was like time to power down
1: And attack itself. Like, that's, like, that, it's a crazy thing to have to deal with, whether people realize it or not. Like, it's Well, and this isn't
0: the first time I've heard of something like this. This is something that happens when you just keep going and keep pushing your body. And, like, it happened to an author that I know of. And for me, this makes complete and total sense. But, like, you're in a completely different world when you're an athlete. Yeah. And I feel like those people might not understand it
1: obviously well they're also not usually the most sciencey people that are athletes let's be honest well
0: his post on social media this past week showed him at the fifth third arena if i'm saying that correctly because yes. that's after a bank the fifth third bank
1: arena yes it's the practice facility for the, right. the blackhawks just call and it what it is he,
0: he was shown <laughs> skating and practicing so yeah that's good
1: yeah, it's definitely a, a good feeling. A little weight off the shoulders there, especially with all the who we've got to protect situations.
0: Yeah, and I think it'll do your team a lot of good whenever he can come back and actually play in a game, and I feel like it'll be one of those like uplifting moments for you guys. Well, he's
1: definitely a motivator in the locker room. There's no no argument to that. Like Having him gone... There were a few games that I feel like if he was on the ice, we we could have won. Like last season, we had like I think the second most one goal losses right in right. a season, and it's just like wow. And like,
0: he might be the thing that you need to sort spark. of prevent that. Yeah. Right, right. Otherwise, while we've been gone, it's mostly been signings, trades, firings. It's that time of year, especially coming up this next week to the effing. Expansion draft. Expansion draft. Wednesday night. I don't want.
1: The day after this episode goes up, Liberty is going to be a nervous wreck.
0: I might be a drunk nervous wreck, let's be honest. Like, we'll (laughs) see. We'll see what happens.
1: So I should add beer to the list for groceries this week is what I'm hearing.
0: You need to put a lot of beer (laughs) on the grocery list. But let's get into it real quick with the signings. I'm just going to go over who and how much and that sort of thing. Not really diving into the players because there were a lot. Yeah. The first one I have is Ryan Nugent Hopkins has signed an eight-year, $41 million contract with the Edmonton Oilers. This has an AAV of $5.125 million.
1: I was kind of hoping they'd take it out to one more place on that point. 5.125.
0: That would also require extra money. Yes. Then you have... Two, coming out of Minnesota, Joel Erickson Eck has signed an eight-year, $42 million contract with the Minnesota Wild with an AAV of $5.25 million. And then one who used to be on my team, Nick Bugstad, signed a one-year, $900,000 contract with the Minnesota Wild.
1: That's just a hair over league minimum, which I think is a little bit of a slap in the Ruth, face for the way he plays. Ruth. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Especially when we were just talking about $42 million contracts.
1: Right. In fairness, though, the Wild still need to sign Kaprizov to an extension, so... True, yeah. (laughs) It's going to cost them.
0: Then Travis Dermott has signed a two-year, $3 million contract to stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs. This has an AAV of $1.5 million.
1: I'm not shocked. Dermott was going to get re-signed.
0: Yeah. Then Brett Howden agreed to a one-year, $885,000 contract with the New York Rangers. Like you said, those are a little bit above league minimum. Brandon Carlo signed a six-year, $24.6 million contract to stay with the Boston Bruins. This has an AAV of $4.1 million. And then we also had two coming out of the Florida Panthers organization this past week, or time that we were gone. Gustav Forsling signed a three-year contract to stay with the Florida Panthers, but the financial terms were not disclosed. They weren't disclosed for either one of these as far as I know.
1: Gustav Forsling is going to be an AAV of 2.66 million. So oh,
0: okay. So a decent yep. contract. And then Anthony DuClair signed a three year contract as well.
1: And that one was an AAV of 3 million exactly. So 9 mil. Okay. Yep. And then you have the biggest one over the last two weeks from here at Big D in Dallas.
0: I have never called it Big D in my entire life. Just so everyone else knows, <laughs> do not do that when you come here. All right. Go on.
1: <laughs> um, they re signed their defenseman, Miro Haskinen to a eight-year, $67.6 million contract. That was the big fish of the yeah. two weeks.
0: This has an AAV of $8.45 million.
1: And it was an absolute no-brainer. He's literally the backbone of their defense. He also creates a lot of offensive pace as well. So yeah. it's like, if you didn't sign him, you were going to be a giant idiot. So, and very
0: sorry about that later.
1: Yeah, because imagine what team he ends up that haunts you. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Speaking of something that may haunt you later, maybe. I've got some trades. Yes. So Duncan Keith was traded to the Edmonton Oilers by the Chicago Blackhawks for Caleb Jones and a conditional pick in the 2022 NHL draft.
1: So this hurts me to say, but I'll tell you right now, I'm happy with this trade. Yeah. (laughs) Only because Duncan Keith's contract is stupid high for the level that he's performing. Like he still was the backbone of our defense. Last season, like, you put up the most minutes, but, like, the quality of the minutes weren't quite the same.
0: His original contract, which he is still on, the one that we're discussing, yeah, has two seasons left on a 13-year contract. I have not heard of this long of a contract in a long time. It was originally signed in 2009, so probably why I haven't heard of one in a while. But the original contract was $72 million, so an AAV of $5.53 million. So, it's good to get $5 million back per year for cap space. Yeah. But Edmonton also is receiving a minor league forward named Tim Soderlund. And I feel like I've seen that name.
1: Soderlund, yeah. He's been up and down. So, like, when we were really injury-prone last season, he got, like, two games in.
0: Oh, okay. That's probably But for the most
1: part, he's been an AHL guy his Mm -hmm. career so far. But he's young, so, like, who knows? The guy could transition into being somebody good. But... Caleb Jones was one of their top defensive prospects, so I'm not upset. I feel like we got an okay deal. Like, in a year or two, it's going to pan out, and I'll be happy.
0: I never like players for prospects, and I know I've said that on the podcast before, because it's just like, you could have something that works in the here and now versus something that you have to put a lot of time and money and effort, and hopefully their health stays good during that time frame. Yeah. And so it's like, for me, you're taking more of a gamble when you take a pick over a player or prospect over a player.
1: Well, the difference is this kid has played a couple games. He's about, I think, 20, 25 games in the NHL. So he has some NHL experience. Mm-hmm. And that's just been over the weird last season, which, God, shortened season didn't get that as many opportunities, go figure. And then the season before, he came up, I think, for like five games. So he played 20 of the 50-plus games they played last season. So like he played most of the season. He played no, okay.
0: he, he played over a third of the season. Still. He, but,
1: he's picking up more and more games, so I think in a year or two he'll be a solid addition. But anyways, now that we're done with that tangent, on to more <laughs> trades.
0: <laughs> well, that one was important to you. Yes. And speaking of trades that are important to us, because I might as well get this one out of the way before I cry. Jared McCann was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs by the Pittsburgh Penguins for forward prospect Philip Hallander. And a 7th round pick in the 2023 NHL Draft.
1: And we talked about the reasons this morning, personally. So, like, McCann wasn't going to be on the protected list. Right. You might as well get something for the nothing you would have had if they would have just taken him off your roster. Right.
0: I guess. I just, I don't like this. Because, like, this, again, is a prospect and not an actual, like, solid, cemented player. But... I mean, would I want to instead do a different player who is on our protected list now that those have come out? Absolutely not. So like someone has to clear out cap space so that we can get something instead of nothing when this happens.
1: Well, and and you got to think back to Hollander was a draft pick by Rutherford, and Rutherford is not a guy that screws up drafts. So. Right. Uh, He just
0: gives away most of our picks.
1: And then brings back the players. So like you had Kapanen come back. At first you were really skeptical of that, but that panned out really, really well for you guys last season. So, you know, Philip Hollander is going to be I think, a third-line guy for you this season. So give him a year or two again. It's one of those situations where I think he could be a top-line offensive factor for you in a year or two.
0: Here is something that you don't account for when it comes to trades and my opinions on trades is you forget how much I love them. Yes. And, like, you need to realize that while you may make sense, I am still attached to this person we're getting rid of.
1: Yes, but do remember I kindly remind you every time your GMs make trades – they always work out, so get over it. <laughs> like, it's going to be also, good for you. But also,
0: we have a different GM.
1: Well, yeah, but you have a GM who is also known for having a history of making good moves. He brought the Flyers out of the basement, for God's sake, and made them a relevant team. So Every
0: time you bring that up, I hate him a little bit more.
1: Yes, but he's proven that he can bring a team from nothing to something, and you already have a something. So it's right, like, just right. he's going to do something. Don't worry.
0: I just need a pint of ice cream and a gallon of beer, and <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll get through the next month okay.
1: I'm glad it's just a gallon. (laughs) I was going to say, if you like tell me a keg, we're really in for some trouble.
0: (laughs) But those were the only trades that really are affecting us, as far as I can tell. There were other trades, obviously, that have happened. Ryan Graves was traded to the New Jersey Devils by the Colorado Avalanche for Mikhail Maltsev. Yeah,
1: I saw that one. I was like... Graves is relevant, but the other guy, I'm like, I don't even know who he is. So well, I'm and like,
0: this is one of those things, like, Colorado's also getting a second-round pick in this draft coming up next week, so, like, that's important. Yeah. But, like, this other guy is obviously not. So it's sort of like, who won this one? I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a wishy-washy situation. It does help them dump a little bit of cap space, though, in the move, too. So yeah, I guess that, you know, could help them with something else.
0: Also, Nick Letty was traded to the Detroit Red Wings by the New York Islanders for Ford Richard Panic Panic
1: Panic, yep.
0: I always say it the wrong way. On this past Friday, I believe, New York also received a second-round pick in this upcoming draft. So that's probably the part that they cared about more.
1: It always breaks my heart to see two ex-Blackhawks in a trade. Mm-hmm. Ponic being moved to a team that might actually contend, <laughs> which... Makes sense. He's probably be like a third-line center for them. And then seeing Nick Letty, who honestly was one of my favorite defensemen, and when we moved him to New York from the Blackhawks, I cried for about a day. I'm, yeah. I'm certain of it. Like like you, I love my players. Maybe not as attached as you are, but still, it breaks your heart to see somebody like that go somewhere that they're going to just rot.
0: And then another what I think of as like an unbalanced trade that just happened, Jason Dickinson was traded to the Vancouver Canucks by the Dallas Stars for a third-round pick in the upcoming draft next week, or this week.
1: So I read some articles about this one as well. Dickinson was not coming to terms with a contract with Dallas. He was a restricted free agent as of July 28th. So the reality is I think it was more of a situation, again, like let's get something before we get nothing for it. Oh, okay. Because all they would have been able to do is put in an offer and then anybody could have, like... Matched it and he could have chosen where he wanted to go, so yeah, it's like you know, might as well get a draft pick out of something,
0: yeah. Well, and it's this draft, so yeah, that's always good. Aiden Hill was traded to the San Jose Sharks by the Arizona Coyotes for goalie Joseph Coronar.
1: I didn't even list this one, it seemed like two guys that really weren't key players, in and a second round
0: pick in the 2022 NHL draft. The more important part of this, I think, is the pick, but. They play in the NHL, so they must have some sort of something. Yeah. Another player I've never heard of at all, because I would have made fun of this guy. Barclay Goodrow was traded to the New York Rangers by the Tampa Bay Lightning for a seventh round pick in the 2022 NHL draft.
1: I'm shocked by this, considering we just talked about how the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup back-to-back, and he's been a part of both of those teams. But
0: I don't know his name, so like maybe that's on me.
1: Yeah, he was a third, fourth line guy. He'd hop up and down. And so, like, it's a partial cap move. He definitely was overpaid for the role that he had with the organization in this last season. So it's just, I, I'm sure it's just a cap move because they have to figure out how they're going to actually keep Kucherov off on salary now that he's healthy next season, at least actively.
0: I mean, they don't seem to be that worried about cap space.
1: I think we'll see that change over the next couple of weeks, to be completely honest.
0: I hope so. Ryan Ellis was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers by the Nashville Predators. Nashville received defenseman Philippe Myers and forward Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick was then traded to the Vegas Golden Knights for forward Cody Glass. Yeah. You almost need a tiny trade tree for that one.
1: Yeah, it was a three-team trade to get it done, but... uh... I think everybody kind of got a piece that they needed, so it wasn't really like a lose-lose-lose anywhere. Like, everybody kind of picked up something that they needed.
0: They got something they needed, wanted. Right.
1: I think the biggest one that you haven't mentioned yet is the Kings acquiring Victor Arvidson from the Predators for a 2021 second-round pick and a 2022 third-round pick. Arvidson's always been a guy that's haunted... The Central Division, just based on the pace that he creates. Like, you yeah, know, the fastest skating defenseman, Arvidsson, would just scoot right by him like they're standing still. So, like...
0: So, are you glad that trade happened?
1: Uh, Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's not in
0: your division anymore now that we're going back to the regular.
1: Yeah, but he's still in the conference, and I think, honestly, he's a good addition for the Kings. Sacrificing two picks... Maybe a little scary, but at the same time, like, they're second and third rounders, so you're getting a guy that can step right into your line.
0: It's not like you gave up a player and picks. It's just picks. Right. And Andre Trigny was hired as coach of the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. He ended up replacing Rick Toshe after the Coyotes failed to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs.
1: I, I really don't know this guy's history well enough to speak on it, so... I will see,
0: I guess. Well, I feel like that with any new coach that you hire. It's one of those wait and see.
1: Yeah, a lot of times, though, like new coach hirings, you'll have like, this guy was the assistant coach with this coach. And you're like, oh, he probably learned some good things. I've I've never even heard this man's name before, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. And then something I was shocked about, maybe you will be too, Pekka Rene has retired from the NHL. This is ending a 13-season playing career with the Nashville Predators. I just feel
1: like he didn't want to be a backup goalie anymore. Like, obviously, UC Saros has been lights out the last two seasons for Nashville, and so it's just like he's been riding second seat for two years now and just coming to the end, I guess.
0: Well, and he's getting up there in age. He's 38. So, like, for the NHL, like, you are definitely an old person. yeah.
1: Particularly a goalie, no less, too. Like, it's it wears on you. But a phenomenal goalie. I made a tweet about it because, again, coming out of the Central Division, I saw a lot of him.
0: Yeah, you did.
1: Um, and it was – he was a tough guy. He was a tough guy to compete against. And I it's one less piece I have to worry about. But, obviously, UC Saros is filling right in. So, like, it's not going to be an easier situation, I don't think. Yeah. But he finished his career with 369 wins. That's the fifth most in the salary cap era. So, like, that's, that's good. It's that's a lot.
0: And we also had Keith Yandel, who had his final two seasons of his contract bought out by the Florida Panthers. The 34 year old defenseman will become an unrestricted free agent and can sign with any team when NHL free agency begins July 28th. I don't know if that's going to happen for him. Like, he's not old, but he's definitely up there for hockey player age.
1: Well, Yandel, too, as well, has a streak actively going for most games played without missing a game. So, like, I feel bad for him. Like, he's he's going to hold that record. There's not going to be anybody that takes it from him probably forever. Because, <laughs> like, hockey players get hurt. It's just part of the game. So, I'm, I'm sad to maybe see that record end. But I'm sure somebody will offer him, like, a league minimum contract somewhere.
0: I just want to know what happened to made your team go, yeah, no, we'll pay you to leave.
1: He hasn't been very, like, the same level of performance, but again, he's getting older, so it's like you can't expect those guys to be the same 20-something-year-olds that you're bringing in out of the draft. Like, you can't expect that, so.
0: Well, you can't even expect the same performance as the person you signed. Like, he's going to get older and slower, and that's just how time works.
1: right. We also have a little bit of interesting expansion draft news. This is the stuff that was announced before this morning, and I didn't add notes from this morning because, okay. boy, we'd be here for a while. Kerry Price waived his no move clause. It was really in an effort for them to be able to protect Jake Allen because he doesn't think that the Seattle Kraken are going to take on his ten plus million dollar contract plus eleven million dollar signing bonus requirement if he does move to another team. So, like, you know, you'd have to pay $21 million right off the bat to get him to come to your team, as it were. So he waived that. Ben Bishop, following in the same suit here in Dallas, waived his no-move clause in order to protect fellow goaltender Anton Hudobin um, from being picked by the Kraken. Uh, the Avalanche also announced they will not protect Gabriel Landeskog. Their contract negotiations went down the toilet over the last two weeks. He wants more money because he was the captain of the team, and... The Avalanche are like, now you're really not worth quite that much anymore. So the two of them basically are like, cool, we're done making deals and leaving him unprotected. The St. Louis Blues also announced that they will not be protecting Vladimir Tarasenko since he has recently requested a trade earlier this spring due to the way that his shoulder surgeries were handled by team doctors.
0: I wonder what that means.
1: He wasn't happy with it based on the basic information that's out there, but
0: like... I meant like the nitty gritty of it, but yeah. yeah.
1: And then we had just a few short awards. The Lightning uh, goalie Andre Vasilevsky clearly won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the MVP of the playoffs. The dude literally stood on his head, gave up some of the lowest goal percentages in NHL Stanley Cup history. So go figure, he wins that award.
0: He literally did that? Yep, stood on his head. Okay. He, he did I want to see video.
1: Yeah. But on the other side of goalie-related trophies, Mark andre Fleury won the Vesna Trophy. Um, obviously, that goes to the best goalie in the NHL. For the regular season. New York Rangers defenseman Adam Fox claims the Norris Trophy. This award is given to the best performing defenseman during the regular season. And then Mr. Kaprizov himself uh, from the Minnesota Wild won the Calder Trophy as the NHL Rookie of the Year. Nobody's shocked by that. Uh, he won by one of the highest percentage of first place votes in the history of the award. So cake for him. But that pretty much wraps up the NHL for me. So wherever you'd like to hop off to next.
0: Well, I also have a decent amount of news out of the NFL, which, you know, at least it's not the MLB.
1: I'm kind of shocked. I really don't have much other than, like, signings and then, like, fines, so...
0: That's most of what happened while we were gone. So the New Orleans Saints and Ryan Ramchick, I think is how you say his last name, have agreed to terms on a five-year, $96 million extension, and that deal includes $60 million in guaranteed money. It's a lot. Yeah, we were just talking about hockey money, and that felt like a lot. But that's a joke compared yeah. to this.
1: Because here comes that guaranteed NFL money.
0: And the number one pick of the 2021 NFL draft, Trevor Larence? Lawrence? Lawrence. I dropped a W somewhere. <laughs> has signed a rookie deal with the Jaguars. The deal is for four years and $36.8 million with a $24.1 million signing bonus. Yep. And like all rookies, it includes a fifth-year option. Right. You also had Taylor Moten and the Carolina Panthers, who have agreed to terms on a four-year $71.25 million contract extension with $43 million in guaranteed money.
1: Paying the linemen this time. You had a defensive lineman and offensive lineman just going like,
0: ooh. It's a lot of money. Yep. And then we had all the fines and suspensions...
1: They're so fine.
0: Moving on. (laughs) The Jacksonville Jaguars, Dallas Cowboys, and San Francisco 49ers were each fined for off-season workout violations. Jacksonville drew the largest fine at $200,000, while Dallas and San Francisco were each fined $100,000. But on top of that, you also had coaches getting fined. So each coach was also given a fine with the largest going to the Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, at $100,000 and the others at $50,000. It's
1: crazy is Urban Meyer just got hired right. as the head coach.
0: Welcome to the team. Here's $100,000 being billed from the NFL.
1: Well, what's funny is those are all pennies in the bucket compared to the big one that happened this while we were gone.
0: It is, but also on top of those fines for those three teams... They are also set to forfeit an undisclosed amount of OTA days in 2022, but the specifics of when and where and how much and also the specifics of what the violations were are unknown. Usually, apparently, the reasons you get fined for OTA stuff is the boys aren't, like, in their full gear working out. So they're not supposed to get tackled as much or like something about the amount of contact and reps and injuries can happen. So like they're trying to protect players. That's good. And so if you violate that, you get all this trouble. Clearly. So I don't know. Something to do with putting them in harm's way. But then the big bad fine that happened was that the NFL has also fined the Washington football team $10 million following an investigation into the team culture. So based on a review from Independent counsel Commissioner Roger Goodell came to the conclusion that Washington had operated, quote, both generally and particularly for women in a highly unprofessional manner, which is one way of saying all of this. This included bullying, intimidation, multiple allegations of sexual harassment, and a, quote, General lack of respect in the workplace. Yeah. The Washington football team will also be required to have semi-annual reporting obligations through July 31st of 2023. These reports will be on the progress in implementing the recommendations made in the original report. And failure to implement these sanctions or to fully comply could lead to an extension of the reporting period past that date.
1: And then obviously Dan Snyder, who's the majority owner of the Washington football team, is is actually stepping down from day-to-day operations and putting his wife in charge of those situations just to get a woman's perspective in that role. And honestly, I think it it will allow her to control a lot more of the business-related stuff where the problems were happening and i think that was the goal behind it because if she has a problem with it then everybody should have a problem with it and that was his argument behind that anyways
0: that seems really weird
1: enlighten me i guess i don't know <laughs>
0: like i mean she's just going to be his mouthpiece for this whole situation, in my opinion. That's the way it comes across. Like, oh, you don't like me? Well, here's a different person who is also a woman. Look, it's a woman to handle this. Like, that's just weird.
1: Well, they've been co-CEOs of the organization for the last eight years. So... I mean, if
0: I had known that, that wouldn't be as weird. But it's still a little weird.
1: Yeah. So, like, she already understands the day-to-day operations of things. But at because the same time... Because the way time... that
0: came across was that here's this random woman to help deal with the issue that there aren't enough women's opinions. Like, yeah. that was weird.
1: Yeah, Dan Snyder's been, sl- over the years, like, slowly stepping more and more into just being the ownership side of things and not the day-to-day operations. So I think it's an important thing to move his wife into that role because, obviously, he was just going to let the boys be boys and, you know, hopefully... It's she'll the clean good old that boys the act. club. Yeah. So that change, hopefully, will help the organization at least a little bit. At least the investigators seem to agree with that as being a good solution to the first step in the process, basically.
0: Right. And with all this reporting also comes an obligation that the team has to, should anything new arise, deal with it properly instead of sweeping it under the rug like they have been. For decades. And if that also doesn't happen, they're going to have to step up reporting and fines and all this other stuff is going to come down. Right. But we also had a player behaving badly, kind of. I was
1: going to say, there were about three or four instances, but I didn't write them all down because I it was a only lot.
0: wrote about this one because it had to do with the sport and not anything else. Gotcha. So the New Orleans Saints defensive tackle David Onyemata.
1: It's not the one I wrote down.
0: Has been suspended for six games for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy. Now, in the article, he says that he never knowingly put a prohibited drug into or on his body. So they're in the process of testing the supplements he was taking at the time to determine if that's the reason for the positive test. I call BS, in my opinion. Like, you're an athlete. Like, you micromanage the crap out of your health, what you're putting into your body. Don't tell me you don't know what's in your supplements. Don't even try it.
1: Yeah, I can kind of agree on that and then also disagree a little bit because they have nutritionists. It's not like they're deciding what they're eating. The nutritionists are just going like, this is what you normally eat. These are the vitamins you normally take. So like, here's your supplements, that kind of crap. So like a lot of what you do is a little bit more control. But at the same time, like if you're going out to eat, obviously you pick what you're going to eat. It's not going to be quite that micromanaged, but still. But I can kind of understand. It's like you can't completely say you didn't know because you're taking the supplement. So, you know
0: like, you have the container of whatever the F it is. You're telling me you don't read it? I don't believe you. Right.
1: Also this week, uh, Ten Gid Jr. uh, announced after 14 seasons in the NFL that he's going to be retiring. He's currently 36 years old and has played for the Dolphins, Panthers, Saints, 49ers, Cardinals, and most recently the Chicago Bears. So it's sad to see him go. He was definitely one of the older players, but he brought a lot to the table, I think, for the young guys on, like, route running and how to break, you know – situations from cornerbacks and kick returning all that kind of stuff to the club last year so a little bit of a bummer but at the same time I understand at 36 your body's probably not wanting to take hits anymore right I can tell you at 32 I wouldn't want to be taking hits anymore so
0: you guys are also probably built a little differently
1: yeah I would imagine so
0: and I know I have very little coming out of the MLB don't know about you But for me, the biggest thing that I saw that happened while we were gone is that the Toronto Blue Jays were given approval from the Canadian government for an exemption on border restrictions that would allow them to play in Canada as early as the end of this month. The Blue Jays played home games during the shortened 2020 season in Buffalo, New York. They started this season in Dunedin, Florida, and then eventually moved back to Buffalo. When they finally do Go back to their actual home stadium. The unvaccinated players and staff will not be allowed to go anywhere but the hotel and stadium. On top of that, they're not allowed to have any contact with anyone not part of the organization.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty restrictive, but at the same time, maybe it'll get people in the meantime to get vaccinated before that all
0: happens. Right, if you want to do something other than bus, hotel, bus, stadium, then maybe you should get vaccinated. Uh,
1: as well, too, one of the other requirements was that you would be tested in the morning and at game time and in the evening if you're unvaccinated. So you'd have to get tested three times. Uh, if that's you, not fun. If you were vaccinated, you still had to be tested at game time just because they want to make sure you're not going on to the field. But that's the MLB's rules. That's not Canadian government at that point. So. Yeah. Also, while you guys were gone, we had the All-Star game. The American League ended up winning it, which means they have home field advantage through the World Series. So it's not even based on record at that point. So you get to the World Series, whoever the American League team is will have the home field advantage for through the seven-game series. We had an interesting situation break out last night in Washington. Padres versus Nationals game was suspended. After the sixth inning, there was a shooting that took place outside of the stadium. It wasn't within the stadium walls itself. It ended up being where there was three people that were shot. None of them were killed. One bystander and two people in one of the vehicles involved in the shooting were shot. So it was two cars. They were both shooting at each other. Bystander got shot outside of the stadium. Two people in one of the vehicles got shot. The other vehicle drove away, so maybe other people got shot. We just don't know at this point. The Washington police, uh, the D.C. police, don't really know where they went at this point. I would point.
0: check hotels, not hotels, hospitals. Yeah. Maybe check hotels.
1: Yeah. But the game will be made up this morning, and then they have an afternoon game for the actual game they're supposed to play today.
0: So a double header.
1: Kind of, because they're only finishing like three innings Okay. of one, so it's not really a full doubleheader necessarily. But the Padres did, the night before that, set a new franchise record in a blowout of the Nationals where they scored 24 runs. People were literally joking, this looks like a football game score. Yeah. It was ugly, to say the least. Also, the MLB commissioner has come out and stated that the seven-inning doubleheaders and the extra base runner on second base in extra innings will be eliminated next season during the full upcoming season. They just did this predominantly because of COVID reasons. They didn't want to have players playing two full back-to-back games, so they're adjusting all that next season. We also had the MLB draft while we were in Austin, uh, which I didn't bother you with, so hopefully you can be happy about that.
0: No, I had a good trip.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I just went over the top five picks and then the first White Sox pick because I don't really want to go deep into it. The number one pick went to the Pirates. They picked Henry Davis, who's a catcher from Louisville, University of Louisville. The number two pick went to the Rangers. They picked Jack Leiter, a right-hand pitcher from Vanderbilt. Al Leiter's child, so an ex-professional baseball player. The Tigers, with the third pick, picked Jackson Joby, who was a right-hand pitcher from Heritage Hall High School, which is in Oklahoma City. So they picked an Oakey number three. Uh, and number fourth pick, Red Sox' Marcelo Meyer. He plays shortstop. He played at East Lake High School down in Chula Vista in San Diego County. And the number five pick went to the Orioles. They picked Colton Cowser. He was an outfielder from Sam Houston University. And the 22nd pick went to the White Sox. That was Colson Montgomery, a shortstop from Southridge High School. Uh, that is in Holland, Indiana. He's currently committed to play for the University of Indiana for baseball. So, But the All-Star game led to some lovely COVID outbreaks. Go figure when you bring players from all over the United States into one place and only give them one day of time turnaround from what they were playing game time to the All-Star events, uh, go figure that they may spread some COVID around. So the Rockies actively have four players and their head coach Bud Black on their COVID-19 injured list, uh, as what they're calling it, because they're injured with COVID. Actively as well, we have six Yankees players placed on the IL for COVID-related reasons, three positive tests, three close contact cases by the MLB standards, so they're on the IL list for that reason. The Phillies also have placed three players on the COVID-related IL as well. So just when you thought the MLB had it under control, wildfire.
0: I never thought they had it under control, so.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't as bad as last year's season where it was literally whole teams just missing weeks at a time, if you remember us talking about that, so I guess it's a little bit better. There were a couple injuries as well while we were gone. I don't know if you had any of those notated.
0: Absolutely not. Perfect.
1: Go on. I stayed with the two big ones. Ronald Acuna Jr. will be out the remainder of the season. He underwent a season-ending surgery to repair his complete tear of his right ACL. Ouch. They expect him to be out uh, about 9 to 10 months before he starts his recovery process. Yasmani Grandal of the White Sox will be out 4 to 6 weeks with a torn tendon injury in his right knee. They only put him on the 10-day IL, which was a little weird.
0: I feel like they'll extend that.
1: Probably, I would imagine. And then the White Sox also had one signing this week. We agreed to a two-year extension with starting pitcher Lance Lynn, valued at $38 million. Only $15 million guaranteed on that one.
0: Only? Yeah. But I do have an injury for the NBA. Are you proud of me for that one?
1: I, I only found one, so I'm hoping
0: it's the one that I
1: have. I don't know. We'll find out.
0: The Phoenix Suns for Dario Sarik is out indefinitely with a torn ACL in his right knee.
1: Definitely not the one I had.
0: He suffered the injury during game one of the NBA Finals, so he will not be involved in the rest of the NBA Finals.
1: Cool figure. That would be rough to try to be like, yeah, you're coming back. <laughs>
0: I used to walk to school both ways uphill in the snow with one of those.
1: Yeah, I don't believe you. Anyways.
0: We currently have a playoff picture that is currently sitting with the Milwaukee Bucks leading the Phoenix Suns 3-2, to two. so they only need to win one more, and then we're all done.
1: What's crazy is it started out with the Suns being up 2-0, so the Bucks have won three straight right now.
0: They just need to win one on the 20th and we'll be good.
1: Right. It's pretty crazy.
0: Oriole will go out to another one. Yeah.
1: They have a chance to win it at home, too, which would be, I think for Bucks fans, something that would be pretty exciting because Milwaukee has not been much of a winning team in money sports for a while now. So Right. they, they Finally,
0: something for them.
1: To cheer about. Yeah. I'm sure my uncle will be happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the Portland Trailblazers have hired Chauncey Billups as their new head coach. He has never been a head coach before. He served as an assistant coach with the LA Clippers this past season. His one season with them, and now he's going to be a head coach.
1: In fairness, you're seeing a lot of this. I I was listening to a radio show the other day on my lunch break where they were pretty much talking about this. You're seeing a lot more ex-players becoming coaches because they know how to relate with the players well enough to coach them. So Chauncey Billups is going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It's just not his turn yet. So... It's like he understands how to coach players because he was a player who right. also played under very great coaches. And I think the era of, like, I've been a coach for 40 years is starting to come to an end in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: they're getting old and dying. Well, and you got the
1: era of, like, Jason Kidd starting here in Dallas this season. He's been an assistant coach for only two seasons. And it's kind of the same situation. Like, they know how to talk to players to get the best out of them. So, in turn, it makes sense. We'll see how his inaugural season as a head coach goes.
0: Yeah. The Boston Celtics have also named their next head coach. Emi Udoka is going to be the 18th head coach in organization history. And the Atlanta Hawks have named Nate McMillan head coach after fulfilling the interim role and leading the team into its first playoff appearance since 2017.
1: Yeah, and they got them there to the conference finals, no less, so it wasn't like it was a one-and-done round like the Maple Leafs or anything like that. And
0: they were like, you earned your head coachness. We will get rid of the word interim in your title. And pay you more monies. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. The Orlando Magic have hired Jamal Mosley as head coach, which will give him his first chance to run his own organization. He as well has not been a head coach before. He has spent the last 15 years as an assistant in Denver, Cleveland, and Dallas.
1: He's definitely learned from really good coaches, so like, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Give him four years to try to turn that organization around. I feel like that's only fair. So hopefully he'll get all four years because the Magic are one of those teams that are like, well, you're not doing as well as we hoped you would. Bye.
0: Well, a lot of places will give you a year or two. And if it doesn't look the way they want it to look by that point, they'll get rid of him. Right. And the last new head coach that I saw was the Washington Wizards have hired Wes Unseld Jr. as head coach. He also got a four-year contract. So,
1: his family has a little bit of history in the NBA. Um, His dad played for the Washington Bullets. So, like, way, 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 way back uh, in the NBA history, that team existed.
0: I I don't know how that name ever got approved.
1: Yeah, especially in Washington, D.C., where, like, gun violence is a real issue. Um, (laughs) I don't know that that would have been the wisest choice in the world for a team name, but it it was. It existed. But he's been doing a lot of assistant coaching for a while. So, again, another one of those guys who's... Earned his opportunity, I feel like. Yeah. But in non-NBA but basketball news, the United States men's basketball team going into the Olympics is looking a little scary. Okay. In the history of the organization existing for the basketball players' Olympics team for the United States, they've only ever lost two exhibition games. Uh, In one week's time, the team that is actively going to the Olympics for us as the U.S., Lost two games in six days. Ouch. One of them I kind of understand. Like, Australia's always had a kind of good basketball team. As well, too, it's an exhibition, so maybe they're not playing as hard. But, like, it's nerve-wracking to see us lose to Nigeria, of all countries, at basketball. It's, like, it's not a top team contender to be concerned about. We do still have one more exhibition game before the Olympics start. We'll be playing Spain, so... Spain does usually field a pretty decent basketball team, so...
0: You're saying we're going to lose that one, too. (laughs) It's
1: quite possible. We could lose more games in two and a half weeks than we did ever in the career of the Olympic basketball team. Nice. Which, I don't know, that's proud to be about, but we'll see what happens when it comes to the Olympics. Maybe they click it and they just turn it over. It's definitely a little frightening.
0: But back in the NBA, I had a little bit more. So Scott Neal, who is the CEO of the parent company that owns the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, has resigned after an eight-year run as CEO. Since then, the company has hired Thaddeus Tad Brown as the new CEO. Brown will officially begin with the organization on Tuesday, August 3rd. So, I mean, it's so far up there, no one's going to notice a difference, but it's happening. Yeah. The Toronto Raptors guard Jalen Harris has been dismissed and disqualified from the league for violating the terms of the NBA and NBA Players Association anti-drug program. As a first-year player, he is eligible to apply for reinstatement in one year. The league is prohibited from disclosing information regarding the testing or treatment of any NBA player other than to announce a player suspension or dismissal from the league. So they're not going to give you any more details. And L.A. Clippers guard Patrick Beverly has been suspended one game without pay for an unsportsmanlike act for forcefully pushing Phoenix Suns guard Chris Paul from behind and knocking him to the court during a stoppage of play.
1: Yeah, we we knew this was coming. It was ugly. And it was
0: pretty blatant, so... Right. But what's weird to me is the suspension will be served in the first game of the 21-22 regular season. So, like, does that mean he can play... During the rest of this? Oh,
1: he was eliminated previous to the final series. Oh, okay. He was that's in the last, It was in the Western Conference, so.
0: So, yeah, that's the first time he'll play, I guess. Yeah, Man. shy of,
1: like, preseason games, which you don't serve, like, suspensions for, obviously.
0: And then in the world of soccer, specifically the MLS, there were a couple of signings while we were gone. The Philadelphia Union have signed goalkeeper Andre Blake to a contract extension through 2024 with a club option for 2025. At the time I wrote my notes, there were no financial disclosures. And then here, FC Dallas and goalkeeper Jimmy Moore have agreed to a contract extension as well. It runs through 2023 with a club option for a further season.
1: I'm kind of shocked that they're re-signing goalies just because they're in dead last place in the
0: West. I mean, maybe they don't have the money to find better goalies.
1: Yeah. Who knows? it's, It's weird. So, like, my Chicago Fire are down at the bottom of the table in the East, and the FC Dallas is down in the West. So it's like boy, the MLS is really depressing this year. There's nobody for me to really root for unless I go find another team, so... Right. But we did have some big tournament championships. We'll start with the Euros because you have some stake in the holding here. Apparently. The Wife Picks winner's final record for you was 27 and 23, which isn't bad. It's like...
0: It's technically a winning record, but like it's not my idea of what winning should be.
1: What's crazy about it is I think... You you did so well in the early stages with like some crazy ringer picks like yeah. that honestly I was just like, Why? I don't <laughs> understand. And then what
0: That's when you should have bought a lottery ticket.
1: And then or what I should have what did you in was on the the elimination games, you just hated Italy and Italy just kept winning. So like it caught up to you really fast.
0: I think there was a part of my brain that went. they had such a bad time with COVID, like no one's going to be able to turn it around and like win a cup or something.
1: The dilemma is they went like thousands of minutes without giving up a goal, like a regular time goal. So it's like, I don't know that I'd ever bet against a team that's on a record run like that. (laughs) But
0: I think that was just completely subconscious. I was like, COVID happened there. They can't win.
1: Covid happened everywhere in Europe. True. So I don't know that that's a great hedge of a bet, but yeah, I I can see where you're coming from though too. Italy definitely had probably one of the hardest times with it. So, but I'm thoroughly impressed. I think we'll have to do this again for another major tournament. Um,
0: what's the next major tournament? Well, the Gold
1: Cup is going on right now in the United States. So because... no, what's
0: the next major tournament? <laughs> It, it really is
1: the, the the current major tournament going on, but um, the next one would probably be the World Cup next year, so we'll have to see about that because, believe it or not, we've almost been here in Texas for four years. That's insane. Like It's kind of nutty.
0: I think Ireland is going to win, but Bulgaria will catch the snitch.
1: All right, stop bringing your book stuff into this sports episode. Um, I appreciate the reference, though. Thank you. Um, Italy did end up defeating England. What was terrifyingly frightening, is in the last three games, the final and the two semifinals, they all went to freaking penalty kicks. Yeah. Like, it's the first time it's ever happened in, like, almost 50-plus years in the Euros, so it's kind of a thing that doesn't happen often. I mean, Um, it did this year. Yeah. I do have to say the English coach royally screwed his team by putting a a freaking 18-year-old up there to take the final kick, and it's like, man... Like, did you really expect the 18-year-old to have all the pressure of the country on his shoulders to win it for you? Like, right. I don't, like, yeah, he's a great player, but maybe in the next year, like, when he's matured a little and taken some more penalty kick opportunities, would I hedge a bet in a situation like that? On top of that, his record in the Premier League, where he plays actively for penalty kicks, is 0-6, and six. Why would you trust a guy that's zero and six to come and maybe kick?
0: there are people who are worse.
1: I, I guess they're negative twelve and six.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: It was rough. And and I feel for him. Like he definitely should not have been put in that situation. Right. But that's not here nor there. Italy won. They're well deserved. They barely gave up any goals through the tournament, so you know, it's it's bound to come their way in that instance. But we also had Copa America going on, which is the same version of Euros but in south america well south america and argentina won it was the first major trophy that leonel messi's ever won for argentina you know and he went over the moon like when he found out he won the first thing he did was skype his wife who couldn't be at the game because of covid related reasons yeah so
0: that was very cute
1: yeah it was and honestly it was well deserved uh on Angel De Maria scored the game, winning goal, ex-Manchester United player, who I know you always like to support those guys. Right. So scored the only goal of the game, coming in the 22nd minute. So it was very much a tactical game afterwards. So, But I think that pretty much wraps up actively the soccer world news. Um,
0: when I, does the season start again?
1: Soon. Like, we've had a couple exhibition games from some of the teams, but we're a little ways out. Usually, like, August-ish, September-ish, roughly. So we're a little ways outside of the seasons firing on all cylinders again. Yep. But other than that, I think that pretty much wraps up the sports news for the week, which is unbelievable because I thought this was going to be a really long episode.
0: Well, I just like to talk really fast.
1: Yeah. We're going to have, like, two times speed. If you did, you're never going to understand Liberty.
0: But thank you guys for listening. Make sure you stay tuned to all of our social media, which will be linked in the show notes.
1: And we'll catch you on Thursday for the book episode. Bye, guys. Finally!
0: Bye.